What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Graveyard. I'm The Graveyard Gamer, and thank you for joining me for my 2021 Top 10 Games of the Year. Now, before you guys get confused as you listen to this episode, let me explain that this does not mean these games came out this year. This is not the Top 2021 releases. These are the Top 10 games that I actually played during this year. You're going to see some games from 2021. You're also going to see some games from 2020, 2019, and further down the list. I also am going to be throwing a few awards in there that I feel like these games deserve a spot, deserve a shout-out, if you will. I always do the shout-out of the month. Well, these get the shout-out of the year for different reasons, so you'll be hearing a few of those awards. So with that being said, we got a packed episode trying to get through 10 games and a little bit more. So let's jump in there and let's start this show off. So gamers, let's start off with an award. And the first award is going to be my Indie Game of the Year. And I had to go back to where it started for me, and that is Broforce. This was one of the first, like, true indie games I played. Yeah, I played a few on, like, the original Xbox 360 arcade, like, Clone and Clyde and all that stuff. But for years, I didn't play anything. And really, around 2012, 2013, we started seeing a rise in these indie games. Broke Force was the first one I embraced. It was part of PlayStation Plus. But I never beat it. Ran out of Plus. Never got it until this year. I went ahead and picked it up. And I gotta say, I absolutely love going back to it. If you haven't played it, check out my review it is a classic love letter to the 80s action star. Now, don't get me wrong. It's got 80s action stars. It's got 70s. It's got all the way to current stuff. And it's just really cool how they incorporate things like Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger to Blade with Wesley Snipes. And they put them in one giant area, Rambo or Rambro, as they have a ton of bro puns on it. And you sit there and you just kind of run around and you have to destroy the environment. You have to fight all these bad guys. It's kind of like Contra, if you will, fully destructible environments. But the thing is, there's all kind of twists to it. Like, number one, you can't control which character you are. And then when you see a power-up, it's going to change you to a different character. All of that is random. So you have to get used to each of the characters you unlock. Be willing to adjust to their strengths and weaknesses. And you have those classic old-school boss fights. This was absolutely a blast. I'm so glad I went back to it. There were some definitely some challenging parts, some awesome parts, some fun parts, and just a great time. So if you've never played Broforce, I highly recommend checking this game out. But really, truly kicking the list off, we're going to go with number 10, and I'm going with Astro's Playroom. Look, for real, this was the first game I played on my PS5. I thought this was just going to be a tech demo. But what this game ends up being is a love letter and a big flashback to any PlayStation gamer who's been playing for multiple generations. I was one of the guys, I got a PlayStation 1 back in 1997, all those years ago. So there were so many memories in this game. And here's the cool thing about it. Yes, it is a tech demo in a sense to get you used to how the DualSense operates. But one, I think it is absolutely important that you play this game because you need to experience what this DualSense can do because right now, you know, due to COVID and other things, we're only getting a few made for PS5 games. This game, absolutely made for it, so it takes full advantage of that DualSense and you get to see just how amazing this piece of technology is. And then it's an awesome platformer. It's actually a really well-built, outstanding platformer, one that I gave a perfect 10 to in my review and ultimately one that I just walked away from going, that is something every PlayStation gamer should play. So without a doubt, it's on this list. The only reason it's not higher is because, again, it is kind of sort of that fine line between a full game, tech demo. It's free with your PlayStation 5, so definitely worth playing. And moving right along, we're going to go with number 9, and that is Guardians of the Galaxy. Look, the only reason this game is not higher 
is I haven't beaten the game. In fact, I'm only about a third of the way through the game. I am absolutely loving this game. I'm honestly not going to be shocked if this isn't on next year's top 10 games of the year because ultimately this game is just a ton of fun. I can't wait to see where it goes. You've got great combat, stylish combat at that. You've got this awesome team dynamic where they are constantly bickering with each other but in like a brother-sisterly way and then obviously there's some stuff that turns up and they get really mad at each other but you can just tell they're that team dynamic. I mean, it's not like it rips off James Gunn's uh, Marvel movies, but it definitely has that feeling. I'm loving it. And here's the crazy thing. There's actually a very big part of the story that is very heartfelt and deep that I'm like, man, where are they going with this? It's honestly like the total package. Like This is going to be one of those games that if they don't screw it up between the next two-thirds of the game, it's going to be one of those superhero games that I just cannot stop but recommending. So, you know, definitely a little low on this list at number nine, but at the same time, I can see it really getting that push next year. Number eight, I have to go with Hitman 3, and I go with Hitman 3 because it's absolutely stunning looking. The gameplay is amazing. I mean, this world of Assassination Trilogy has just been phenomenal from the ground up. A great kind of sequel slash reboot that IO really has done with this franchise, and this tells actually a really cool story. Even if we did see the twist that they kind of play into it before. I still loved it. It was a proper send-off to Agent 47. The missions are great. I mean, you have one in Germany where you're in this nightclub. It's just different than anything you've done in a Hitman game. Following that up with a mission in England where it becomes a a detective-style story that I was completely blown away with and is probably one of the best in the series. The only reason it's a little bit lower on this list at number 8 is I do feel like, yes, there's a ton of replayability built into each one of these levels. However, I do feel like there could have been a few more levels to kind of really buff this game up, especially with the $60 price tag. However, let me just say, this is also the only Hitman game that I have ever done a mission where I killed everybody in the level. So I felt pretty cool about that, but definitely a great game. Number seven on this list is Spider-Man Miles Morales. Now look, this game was very controversial before release. Because people didn't know, is this going to be an expansion? Is this a full game? What is it? And then it came out, this game's like 7 hours long. Gamers, I put almost 30 hours into this game when I beat the game and I did all the side stuff. And then I replayed the game when I had it on PS5 to go for that Platinum. And definitely, it is a full game. There's everything in this game that you would expect. I loved it. On the PS4, it looked great. On the PS5, it was unbelievable how amazing it looked. I think more than anything, I'm just impressed with how Insomniac has just done this amazing (laughs) job with both Miles Morales and Peter's stories. Miles Morales in this game, it doesn't feel like they just cloned Peter Parker and made Miles Morales' game. No, this actually feels like Miles Morales between the music, the way his animations are, his own personal story that really just kind of makes you go, man, this guy is cool. It's not too often in literature and different media that we're okay with them changing up characters and saying, okay, we're going to replace... Peter Parker with a different Spider-Man. And while they don't necessarily replace Peter Parker, but the fact this is a Spider-Man game, but you're Miles Morales, it's an achievement that you play the game going, I really like this guy. He is Spider-Man just as much as Peter Parker. So I love it. I can't wait to see where they go next with Spider-Man 2 and obviously Wolverine. Gamers, it is time for my Fun Factor of the Year award. What game did I have the most fun with over the last year? I'm going to be honest with you. It is G.I. Joe Blackout. Look, G.I. Joe Blackout is a ton of fun. Go check out my review. This game does miss the mark of being a truly great game because it's got some issue with its controls. Now, don't get me wrong. You can adjust them. I just feel weird having to adjust controls 
to make a game play well. And it really comes down to it having an identity crisis. Does it want to be a cover shooter? Does it want to be a run and gunner? Whatever it may be. But what makes this so fun is this is like pulling out your old G.I. Joe toys from the 80s and just having a blast with them. I mean, it just feels like that classic cartoon. All the characters are done well. They're voiced well. They just represent so much of my childhood that I was absolutely absorbed with this game. Not only did I play through the game, but I replayed through the levels to play with the different characters, to try them out. Plus, I also did as much as I could to finally get that platinum trophy in this game because I wanted, in a weird way, to recognize how much I enjoyed this game by having that little platinum. And I gotta tell you, I don't regret it at all. This is a fun game. I have recommended this game, you know, with the right expectations. Understand, there's some things you're gonna have to do, but at the end of the day, it's a fun game. If you're a G.I. Joe fan, go check this game out. And rolling right along, we're going to go to number six, and that is Sniper Elite 4. Look, I've been waiting to play this game. I've really been waiting to play this franchise. I'd already picked up the Sniper Elite 4 Elite package. It was on sale last Christmas, and I've just been kind of waiting to play it. When I finally got a chance to play it, the first things I can tell you is it reminds me of Metal Gear Solid 5 and Hitman. If you mix them in one world, I was really kind of dragging my feet to play the game even after I bought it because I thought it was going to be a sniping game but it's not I mean like I said it really is Metal Gear Solid 5 and Hitman you can figure out all kind of different ways to take out targets you can cover up your gunshots with airplanes flying overhead so nobody hears you you can set distractions you can set bombs it's this giant sandbox levels on each one that you can set up and play the way you want to tons of objectives I had a blast in this world I came so close to just going and buying Sniper Elite 3 right out the gate. I am so excited for Sniper Elite 5. I'm really hooked on this franchise. It really does find the, it does what I like best about games, where you can have a very stealthy mission, or if things go bad, you can say, okay, cool, I'm just causing chaos, and I'm running through taking these people out to meet my objective. I like that. The reason I like that is while I would love to think I'm the ultimate soldier and can sneak through these things, hey, sometimes things go wrong, and you just got to shoot up some people to get out of there. I can't express how much I love this game. Definitely check this out if you've never played it. It's a ton of fun. And number five on my list is Control. Here's another game I slept on. When it came out, I honestly remember telling Hulk and Yoda from Lost at Sea Gaming, a great gaming podcast right here on Anchor, that it just didn't interest me. There was just something about it. I was like, ah, it's all right. No big deal. So he's told me it's been great. It's got all these awards. Earlier in the year, I go ahead, I buy the PS4 edition, and then I get a PS5, which means I get that upgrade to the PS5 control. And I'm like, all right, cool, let me try this out. Look, I love this game. The controls in control are awesome. I wish the story would have been a little bit more clear. I do think that they don't really explain things. And, you know, I am okay with leaving some things as a mystery. But this game, it just, the story really doesn't make no sense. Jesse Faden just walks in off the street. She's all of a sudden the director of this bureau, and nobody bats an eye. Like, it's just a little bit odd. But at the same time, it did a lot of cool things. I love what they explained. Like, hey, there's these objects of power that interact with the world. It causes these events. And through that, we find out, hey, Alan Wake is out there. He's connected in this world. And now here we are several months after I played the game, you know, two years after the game's release. And we have the announcement that Alan Wake 2 is coming. I can't wait to play this game, especially with the definitive edition on PS5. You actually got the Alan Wake DLC. That was really cool, kind of getting in his mindset of what he's been going through. So I'm very excited to see Alan Wake 2. But more to the point, Control was just fantastic. I mean, like I said, there's nothing like using those powers to take out different enemies and finding their weaknesses, throwing different things at them. And one of the coolest things is killing an enemy and picking his body up and throwing him at other enemies. So... A lot of fun, definitely enjoyed it. 
I highly recommend Control if you haven't played it. So gamers, what has been my replay of the year? Well, for me, that is God of War 2005. Now, this might seem odd since I gave it a remember on my relive or remember instead of a relive, but while I've been replaying a few other games from the PS2 era throughout the last six months, this was the only game that I stuck with, and I spent an entire weekend and a couple of days into the week continuing to play the game. I really got attached to it, enjoyed it, and look, yes, I gave it a remember because I do feel like there are some things that over the past couple of generations we've just improved on to make gaming just better in general, but I can't deny for the most part, I loved a lot about playing through this game, the story, the characters are still great, and honestly, the memories it brought back were worth the frustration that now hold this game back. And for number four on this list, I have to go with Ghost of Tsushima. Look, in 2020, I could not get into this game, but I was also trying to rush the game. I just kind of wanted to clear out certain spots, maybe come back to it. I was kind of up against Assassin's Creed Valhalla wanting to beat it before that game came out, and then when it came out, I just never got back to Ghost. This year, I took my time with it, and honestly, I found myself loving it. I love the stealth aspect of this game. It's another game that you can go in there sword swinging or stealthily. I love the stealth aspect and how that plays out in the story. Certain characters just feel like that is such an insult that you would dare take somebody out silently. Like You're supposed to take everybody head on. I thought that made for an interesting aspect with that story. The characters are rich. They're detailed. The sword play and the different stances you can take are great. I mean, it really spiced up the combat as you're having to constantly switch between different stances for different enemies and you're fighting a whole group of them but it never got frustrating where i feel like some games when you have different enemies you have to change how you fight each of them can get very frustrating this game i didn't feel that at all so this is an amazing game i can't wait to try the expansion at some point and you know what it took a year but i 100 percent see why so many people have loved this game number three on my list is appropriately yakuza 3 and look i went into this game worried that this is taking a step back two generations over a decade to play it this is just an hd remaster it's not a full remake like the kwamis were and people were saying hey this is a tough game to get into i disagree i love this game you can listen to my review the biggest issue i had is in boss fights the bosses would block a lot other than that there's so much about this i love the story is absolutely amazing i loved it the gameplay and the setting you add all of that together i mean this has become my number two out of the entire series and at this point i'm only one game away from completing kiru saga and this is easily my number two <clears throat> if you're wondering if you should check out the yakuza hd remaster collection because you may be thinking that oh man i mean some of these games are old ps3 are they really gonna be worth it i can tell you right now just based on yakuza 3 it is worth it go check it out now, number two on my list is a game that was on last year's list, and it is easily the game I spent the most amount of time in this year, and that is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Now, just like Yakuza, this game has become my number two of this series, that is, as it is now right behind Assassin's Creed Syndicate, and here's the deal. I love what they did with this game. Number one, they kind of condensed what you're doing. If you go back to Odyssey and you go back to Origins, Origins really kicked off the modern trilogy if you will they had it set up where it kind of borrowed a lot from witcher on how your side quests were done and they expanded upon that in odyssey the problem is, is in odyssey man some of those side quests just took forever what they did with Valhalla, and i definitely appreciate this is they gave you a lot of side quests but they shortened them a lot of them can be finished in five minutes but that doesn't mean the quality is low i enjoy that just give us something to do to interact with the world to give us a reason for having a map this big because it is truly a massive 
Matt. I love the character of Avar. I thought he was awesome. Or she, if you enjoyed playing as the female version. And I like that as well. Give characters a choice. Do you want to play as the male? Do you really want to play as the female? Or you know what? Let the animus solve for you. Or just change up whenever you want to. I think that's a cool way. I enjoyed Odyssey's way a little bit more of like, hey, you pick one. The other one is in the world. But at the same time, I love what they did with this. Uh, and for the first time in a very long time. Since honestly, the... Maybe the emails in Syndicate and ultimately Assassin's Creed 3, it seems like the lore was absolutely important in this game. I mean, this game has so many callbacks to Assassin's Creed 3. You find out that what Desmond did really hasn't stopped a whole lot. It's kind of prolonged it, and it's up to Layla to kind of find a way to stop it, and that's where Eivor comes in. But I love it, and look, as a fan of the lore, as great as the main campaign is, you know, there's some hit or miss here and there, but as great as the main campaign is, this game sets up the series for a brand new path. I can't wait to see what they do with it. Alright gamers, it is time for my last award, and that is my trophy of the year. And it is God of War 2018's Platinum. Look, this is a no-brainer. My 25th Platinum in one of the best games ever. I looked at that 25 as like a big deal. Like that's that first huge step. You know, you might get your 5s, your 10s, your 15s, but 25, man, that was a big deal. And I wanted it to be symbolic of who I was as a gamer, who I am connected to PlayStation. You know, I looked at some of the things I had left, man. The trials you had to take out, taking out the final Valkyrie, finding all the crows. I really just didn't know if I was going to be able to pull that off, especially that final Valkyrie. But I started it. And I got to admit, the first few hours, I was like, I don't know. I really don't. But I kept working it and working it. And the next thing you know, I was like, hey, I can do this. I got to tell you, all of it was worth it as... Day two, I don't know how many hours later, that platinum popped and I was just beyond excited. Like this was amazing to me. I got my 25th platinum. I got it in a game that represents me and the PlayStation brand and in one of the best games ever as I'm so excited to see what they do with Ragnarok. But I got to tell you, easily my trophy of the year, the one that I'm bragging on still to this day is my God of War platinum trophy. And with that being said, it is time for my game of the year. What is number one? I can tell you, I also got a platinum in it, and that is A Plague Tale Innocence. That one might seem kind of crazy. That is kind of an indie game with a big budget, but here's the deal. Gamers, this game really stood out to me. I've been very curious about playing this game for a while. It came out on the PlayStation Plus collection back over the summer. I thought, you know what? I'm going to try it. I loved every minute of it. Look, here's the thing that I want to really stress about this game. If you were somebody that got caught up in Joel and Ellie's relationship in The Last of Us and it really drove you forward in playing that game more, this game is for you. Yes, Amicia and Hugo, they're brother and sisters, but they're actually not that close. But you start seeing that bond growing. And you know what? I have a young son. And seeing Hugo in those situations, I was totally emphasizing with Amicia because unfortunately earlier this year, my son was in a tough spot and I had to kind of deal with some of the things that Amicia dealt with. The world created in this game is absolutely heartbreaking, but there's still hope alive. You see it in the different friends you meet up with and the bond you gain with all these different characters. I absolutely loved it. I thought the idea of how they implemented the world and trying to get around enemies and then the combat with the stealth and how you use your slingshot was so well done. And this mystery that is going on that I don't want to speak of because I'm hoping more people play this game. Oh man, it was great. One thing I love about the story and the mystery is that they tell you enough to know what is going on in this story, but you'll still leave with questions, and I can't wait to see where Requiem 
takes the story. I can't wait to see where it's at. Oh, man. Also, my review just dropped. Go check it out. Find out why I loved it so much. And then do yourself a favor and play this game. It's on Game Pass if you have Xbox. And the PS5 version was free on PlayStation Plus a few months ago. So if you have PlayStation Plus and you had it when it came out and you downloaded it, there's no reason you shouldn't be playing this game right now. Okay, gamers, I hope you enjoyed that list of my top 10 games. But before I go, I need to tell you guys something, give you an update on going forward what's happening. And let me just say thank you to everyone who has supported this podcast over the years. However, you know, due to some personal and work commitments, and unfortunately the internet connections where I'm at, I haven't had the time to truly commit to this podcast like I want to. If you go back a few months ago, man, I was steadily pumping out episodes. The last couple months, it's been a little bit different. And honestly, it's been tougher to get those episodes out for you. The last thing I want to do is put out subpar content for the purpose of just being able to say, hey, I got an episode out for you this week. I don't want to do that. With that being said, this is unfortunately my last episode of the Graveyard Gamer podcast for an undefined amount of time. I hope to be back in a month or two, maybe a little bit longer. However, I truly am not sure when I will be able to resume. It's just the way it is right now for me, guys. That being said, you can still follow me on Instagram at the Graveyard Gamer, where I'll be keeping my latest screenshots from what I'm playing, and I'll probably be giving some quick reviews there as well, and I'll be sharing my gamer-related thoughts on Twitter at the Graveyard G, so you can check me out there as well. That being said, gamers, again, thank you for all the support from the listens, the comments, the questions, but until next time, I'll be creeping around the graveyard.